we should have seen this coming. The Steelers game at Tennessee, set for Sunday, then Monday, maybe Tuesday, has not been postponed till later in the season, and that's because a fifth Titans player tested positive for the Rona, but the postponement took a trickier path than that. The game got postponed to Monday or Tuesday, so the Titans could practice before the game, to be fair, quote-unquote. And then the TV networks couldn't agree on when to televise it, and the Steelers rightly didn't want to play on Tuesday. So, if you made me list the reasons for the postponement, from most important to least, my list would be TV first, being fair to the Titans second, and then health third. For sure. I still believe Tennessee should have played with whoever was available. And if players keep testing positive and they can't practice at all, that's too bad. Go get beat. But now Tennessee's problem has become Pittsburgh's problem because now, after the bye weeks get shuffled, the Steelers will play at Tennessee in week seven. The visit to Baltimore gets switched to week eight. Baltimore will have their bye week seven, so the Steelers play at Baltimore in a very big divisional game the week after the Ravens have a bye, which is not optimum for the Steelers. So the Steelers will play at Tennessee, at Baltimore, and at Dallas over three straight weeks. Now, given the circumstances, you do what's needed. You do what's possible, but this all trickled down from being fair to Tennessee. Aw, gee whiz, that sounds like so much fun, fair and all. Those are three really tough road games in a row for Pittsburgh, and the Baltimore game is a lot harder now. Coming the week after the Steelers play Tennessee, and the week after Baltimore gets a bye. Well, not harder for Pittsburgh, but actually easier for Baltimore. But, oh, by the way, that rescheduling plan isn't official. That's just what's logical. And Adam Schefter say it could have happened, so it could have happened. Now, on the bright side, the Steelers are almost certainly going to start out 5-0. and And if they don't, shame on them. you got two more home games, and that'll be four home games in a row. Philadelphia's winless. Cleveland is 2-1, and one, but that's still a very flawed team the Browns got. So, you should start 5-0. and oh, And it wouldn't be a real 5-0, and oh, but it would generate a lot of momentum. And then it gets a lot harder. But Tennessee in Week 7, that's beatable, so maybe 6-0. and oh. The NFL clearly didn't have a plan in advance for this. And the reasoning for the postponement is so murky. T.J. White on A.J. Brown, he's pretty good. He's been slow to recover from a knee problem, and he's expected to return in Week 5, but would not have returned this week, and he's a key component for Tennessee, so somebody call Oliver Stone and Cyril Wecht. Hey, I don't trust the NFL. Why would anybody trust the NFL? Now, the one thing that shouldn't happen is a forfeit, like some of you want. You don't forfeit... NFL games, unless a team refuses to play. 
Who knows how the Titans got the Rona? And of course, the woke brigade is all like, we should pray for the players and their families. To which I can only add, bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. I mean, come on. Nobody going to die or even get more than inconvenienced among the people in this situation. The doomsayers are saying, it's going to happen again, and then again, and again after that. The NFL will not complete its season. Like I said yesterday, even a body count won't stop the NFL, just like it didn't stop MLB. Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! If they run out of bye weeks, the NFL will just add another bye week, push the playoffs back a week, eliminate the Super Bowl bye week, push the Super Bowl back a week, push everything back two weeks, even three weeks. What's the difference? It's not like the Super Bowl has a sell-by date. It's not like there's a federal law saying all pro football must be done by February 7. This will all work out. It's just not real good for the Steelers with how this happened. Not great for me either, because Cam Hayward's appearance has been pushed back to next week, which is no problem. No point in Cam coming on the show today and talking about the bye week that came out of nowhere. This is the Mark Madden Show. Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! I will never get tired of that. We're still looking for the soundbite. Kill the machine. Kill them all. And by the way, machine was one and two for the third straight week picking games. And uh, I'm starting to have a problem with that guy once again. Anyway, I want your input in this. Why do you think the game got postponed? I mean, really why? Beyond what we're told. 412-333-WXDX. Or you can at me via Twitter at MarkMaddenX. Uh, T.J. Watt got AFC Defensive Player of the Month for September. That could very easily happen every single month. I don't imagine the Steeler players are too upset because you really want to go onto the field and play a team that is in the middle of a COVID outbreak. Although I am very skeptical it could be transmitted on the field. They're blocking and tackling, not making out and screwing. And to wit, the Minnesota Vikings don't have a single case and they just played Tennessee this past week. MLB got through the outbreaks in Miami and St. Louis, and the NFL will get through this. At least we can all watch Liverpool and Aston Villa on Sunday at 2.15 in Premier League action, which, let's be honest, I was going to do anyway. Liverpool are playing Arsenal in the League Cup as we speak, and the score is nil-nil in the 22nd minute, with a lot of subs for both teams playing in the least important of the competitions. Champions League draw today. Liverpool got Ajax from Holland, Atalanta from Italy, and some team whose name I just can't pronounce. They are all in Liverpool's group. So any hoodles, I still think the Steelers game could have been played, but I am not outraged by the decision, and I see the reasoning. And by that, I mean I see the real reasoning. 
Michael Tomlin spoke to the media today, as he's done pretty much every day this week. I'm sure he's delighted by that. And he served up a few tidbits. Mike Tomlin said that the bye week has different rules this year. Players have to have daily COVID testing, meaning they have to stay in town. Usually they get away during the bye week. Uh, When Tomlin was asked about the potential of having to play 13 straight regular season games, he emphatically said, we do not care. Tomlin said there are contingency plans for playoff seedings if all teams don't play 16 games, but Tomlin said the preference, obviously, is for all games to be played. And so the Steelers are off for the rest of the week. Watch some Netflix, I guess. On that note, Cobra Kai on Netflix, featuring the show's close personal friend, William Zabka, a.k.a. Johnny Lawrence, Cobra Kai is the most streamed program in America currently. Cobra Kai went from YouTube to Netflix. I wonder if it could yet jump to network TV. Then again, Netflix might actually be a better place to be. 412-333-WXDX. Eric Ebron of the Steelers, he's unhappy about the game being postponed. I'll tell you why in just a moment. Vince Williams put up a funny uh, video on his Instagram about the game being postponed, but unfortunately I can't play the audio because it has the N-word in it. Vince can use that, I guess. No big deal. That that I just don't think anybody should use that word for any reason. Any hoodles, 412-333-WXDX. Got, got a very interesting situation to talk about later in the show, too. Landon Donovan, remember him, the big-time goal scorer for the U.S. men's national soccer team? He manages a team in the USL. That's the AAA Soccer League, San Diego. They play in the same uh, league as the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And he had his team forfeit two games in the past week. They walked off the field. Once was because a racial slur was used by the other team. And the second time it was because a homophobic slur was used by the other team and San Diego has an openly gay player. So by walking off the field and forfeiting both games, San Diego missed the playoffs. Uh, I think he did the right thing. I think. I wonder how his owner feels. I wonder how ultimately the players feel now that they have uh, missed the playoffs because of that. Is it worth it? I think probably so. But I'll give you the exact circumstances in just a little bit. It's the Mark Madden Show. Uh, as I said, Cam Hayward pushed back to next week now. Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette joins me at 3.30. And we got Nate Davis at 5.30. He covers the NFL for USA Today. It's the Mark Madden Show at 105.9 X. <laughs> the tight end for the Steelers. He's not happy about the game being canceled, which will uh, lead to the Steelers' bye week uh, later this season being eliminated. I believe that was scheduled for uh, week eight. Does that sound right? But uh, Ebron tweeted, quote, I'm confused on how this became our problem. My son's birthday party was bye week. Now I'm missing his birthday, and bad enough, I don't even see my kids bleep sucks, unquote. Now, I agree about 
quote, I'm confused how this became our problem, unquote. But dude, speaking as a single parent only child who didn't know his dad, if you don't see your kids, that's on you. The NFL ain't keeping you away from your kids. Not hating. Just saying. Okay, here's why Mark Cavalli gets big money from TheAthletic.com. Quote, here is me parsing every Mike Tomlin word. If it's required that players have four consecutive days off during bye week and Steelers plan to practice Monday, does that indicate the initial plan is the bye week will remain intact and NFL will tack Titans game on at end of season, unquote. Okay, I rather doubt that. But that's some uh, shrewd analysis by Kabali. But again, the union's going to have to give a little in situations like this, but it's a thought. I would bet the Super Bowl bye week gets eliminated. So you could put Titans and Steelers in at the end of the year if that's what it comes down to. You don't need the Super Bowl bye week because of the pandemic. You can't have the events in those two weeks between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. You're not going to have the fanfare, not to that degree. Zoom does not equate to fanfare. So what's your take on all this, Pittsburgh? Do you agree with what the NFL decided? I'm not crazy about it, but nor am I outraged. If they had postponed earlier this week, made that decision before today, I'd have taken tomorrow off. So I got screwed a lot worse than the Steelers. But I don't feel like any of this is worth getting upset about. And please, nobody should call and say it should have been a forfeit. Please. That's D-U-M-B. Everyone's accusing me. Tom has said all the right things today. Like, it's fine with us if we play 13 weeks in a row. Right on. Heck, the NFL didn't even used to have a bye week. Mike Vrabel said all the wrong things. The Tennessee coach. Like, we're satisfied with our protocol and it's not our fault. Yo. Vrabes. To some degree... Somewhere, it is your fault. To some degree, you effed up. Own it like MLB did. Like the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals did. Own it. We're going to talk about the Houston Astros in a bit. Because them winning a playoff round after cheating and getting away with it. Heck, they finished under 500 this year and made the playoffs. And now they win the wild card round. But what I especially don't like is their attitude now that they're anti-heroes and not cheaters. Carlos Correa said after they eliminated Minnesota, Minnesota with 18 straight losses in playoff games. How's that even possible to, to, to be that bad in big situations to choke that consistently? That's amazing. Uh, Correa said, quote, I know a lot of people are mad. I know a lot of people don't want to see us here. But what are they going to say now? Let's see, Carlos. Uh, What am I going to say now? Okay, let's try this. F you. Your accomplishments are meaningless because you cheated. These guys are cheaters and not like lovable bad boys or whatever. The NBA Finals started last night. The LA Lakers killed Miami. Some are saying if LeBron wins a fourth NBA title, he's the GOAT. Now, he'd still be just four for ten in NBA Finals. Jordan was six for six. If LeBron's the GOAT, you're going to need a different criteria than rings. 
Now, you could say he won with three different teams, or you could say he's a whore who jumped from team to team. That was the title of a book about LeBron, The Whore of Akron. I bought it just based on the title. And it was unsparing, and it was well-written, and it was right on. Uh, NHL free agency begins in eight days, and the Penguins won't be shopping in the initial phases uh, due to cap issues, but... What happens in free agency will affect what the Penguins do, like their attempt to trade Matt Murray. Listen to all these goalies that are available in free agency. Braden Holtby, Corey Crawford, Anton Kudobin, Robin Leonard, Henrik Lundqvist, Jacob Markstrom, Craig Anderson, Thomas Grice, Cam Talbot, Brian Elliott, Mike Smith, Jimmy Howard. Holtby's the number one target. Kudobin is a backup most of his career, but he got Dallas to the Stanley Cup final. That's going to have some cachet and value. Uh, I would think Leonard stays in Vegas. I'm curious to see what Lundqvist's value is, if any team would have him as a starter. Thomas Grice, wow, the old Penguin backup. He's turned out to be consistent. I'd rather have several of those guys as a backup to Jari than I would to Smith, but it's just going to be to Smith. Okay, coming up next, going to talk about the Steelers' postponement and the state of the Steelers in general with Jerry Dulac in the Post-Gazette. This is the Mark Madden Show on 105.9. Steelers game postponed. We think we know what it is. We think they're going to play 13 weeks in a row. We think they're going to play at Tennessee, at Baltimore, and at Dallas in consecutive weeks. Joining me now to discuss, always great to talk to Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette. Jerry, how do the Steelers really feel about the postponement? Do Tomlin or the players feel like the game should have been played, could have been played? Well, I don't know whether they, they're not sitting there deciding whether it could have or should have been played, um, but they're disappointed it's not being played. Um, and, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, as much as they want to sit there and say, they understand the situation, and they do understand it doesn't mean they like it. And so they're really, you know, it's out of their hands. Um, and, and so um, I, I don't think anybody's sitting there saying, oh, well, it could have been played or should have been played. It's just it's not. And, and you know, they were on a nice early season roll. They want to. Hey, call Jerry back. Let's let's He's fading in and out here. Liverpool missing golden opportunity after golden opportunity as we approach injury time in the first half. We'll get back to Jerry Dulac in a second. Steelers game, of course, postponed. If you're just tuning in, it looks like Tennessee, Week 7, Baltimore, Week 8. Dallas already scheduled for Week 9, and those games all on the road. Okay, do we have Jerry again? Okay, let's go back to Jerry. Jerry, can you hear me? Okay, Jerry. Uh, now, uh, we've heard it's likely the Steelers will now play Tennessee Week 7, Baltimore Week 8, both games on the road, and that game against Baltimore would be the week after Baltimore gets a bye. How probable is all that? Well, that's the easy solution, Mark, uh, and that's the most viable. Um, and you don't have to uh, juxtapose too many other things. So... Um, but if it were that easy, it would have already been announced. Um, the re- other recourse 
is is if and this is already this was discussed before the season is if the league tacks on an extra week at the end of the regular season and uses that week for some reschedules or if things have to be moved around. Um, but I would have to guess that the most viable solution is to, is to schedule it for October 25th. Uh, the, the league is fortunate in one regard in that this happened now before it occurred. The problem is going to be if this type of thing occurs again with other teams after the bye weeks are played, and then you're looking at that 18th week. So um, I think all those things are being discussed. The Steelers were on a conference call with the league earlier today, um, and, and we're going to find out when, uh, you know, when that game is actually going to be played. But I will tell you it's not as simple as just saying October 25th. Other alternatives are being discussed. Um, and, and so uh, you know, what they are specifically, I don't know. But the October 25th date would seem – to make the most sense. Well, they could always, you know, create a week 18, right, Jerry, and push the playoffs back. Uh, if the Super Bowl even gets pushed back, it's not like there's a sell-by date on when you have to play the Super Bowl. No question. And they've already said that they could, uh, everybody has said that they could move the Super Bowl. And that's why I said that 18th week is a very real uh, a possibility. So, um, you know, the problem is when you're the Steelers or even when you're the Titans and you're 3-0 and already, you know, your intention, like the Titans last year, your intention is you're going to be playing into the postseason. So not only are you going to be playing 13 games in a row without a break, you might be playing 14 or 15 in a row without a break because, don't forget, Mark, only one team gets a bye this year. That's the number one seed uh, in each conference. And when Mike Tomlin was asked about that, he just said simply, we don't care. And the reason he's sending a message, he's not going to let that kind of stuff bother them. If that's what they have to do, that's what they'll have to do. Does it seem a bit unfair? Perhaps because this was none of the Steelers doing, but it's also part of what's going on in the league. And, and I think uh, Mike Tomlin, as a member of the competition committee and speaking for the Steelers, understands it. He's just disappointed they're not playing this week. They wanted to play. They prepared to play. They were ready to play, and uh, they're not going to play. Now, assuming the NFL takes the presumptive path, Jerry, it's a mixed bag for the Steelers, I think. Uh, the Steelers will play three tough games in a row, all on the road, at Tennessee, Baltimore, and Dallas, but they are now very likely to start the season 5-0, and which would certainly generate some big-time momentum. Yeah, Mark, they get to play four games at home, uh, you know, in a row, which has never been done in their history. So, uh, you know, the league doesn't uh, schedule teams either four games in a row at home or four games in a row on the road. Uh, so that will be a first, and that's a plus for them. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's a mixed bag. There's two there's two ways of uh, of looking at this. Um, but you know, all in all, uh, nobody nobody wants the game to be postponed. You know, the Steelers they would have rather played it Tuesday than have the game postponed, and that would be no big deal, Mark, for two reasons. One, these guys are accustomed to playing, even though they don't like it, they're accustomed to playing Thursday night games. And if anybody watched an NFL practice, they would see it's not exactly grueling. So, um, and it's the same with the Titans, Mark. If they'd have played this game on Monday or Tuesday and they couldn't practice till Saturday, at least get on the field, they would they would still be having virtual meetings. It really wouldn't be that big a deal. It's that part is being uh, exaggerated that it would be a distinct disadvantage for uh, the Titans. No, I disagree. Well, that, um, that, I don't think it would be much of a disadvantage at all. Well, that begs the question: this postponement beyond uh, you know Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. How much of it's about the virus itself, 
How much was about Tennessee not being able to practice? And how much was about what TV wanted? Well, I could tell you it had nothing to do with the Titans and their ability or inability to practice. That wasn't a factor at all. Because, Mike, even, I mean, Mark, even though this is a global and societal problem, in this, in this instance, it's the Titans' problem. But, and so, you know, they, these teams have been warned about that. It's been talked about since the beginning of, of the training camp what they need to do to to say, uh, to be preventive and to try and stay safe. Um, no, it's more about because the cases keep evolving, uh, Mark, and and so that, that incubation period, it's usually three to five days. Well, after Sunday's game, that takes you to Friday. And the last thing, the last thing the league wants, what is really unfair, would be if they got to Sunday and then the problems erupted, and uh, or even Saturday if the Steelers are on site and it's, Seventh hour, it has to be canceled. That's the last thing they wanted. So I think they fired the preemptive strike right now because they're still seeing cases evolve here. So I think that was the biggest issue. I can't speak to the TV thing because, um, you know, the CBS is going to lose a nice game, but still early in the season, and it's not like it's the Chiefs and the Ravens in prime time. I don't think it was a national game. So I don't know how much TV factored into it, Mark. We're talking to Jerry Dulac at the Post-Gazette here on the Mark Madden Show. One good thing for the Steelers, Jerry, this gives Deontay Johnson extra time to recover from his concussion, but the word is he was moving along uh, on pace to play this week anyway. Right. He would have been out there, Mark, and it really wouldn't have mattered whether he was either going to be ready to play Sunday, whether it, whether it was Monday or Tuesday, or he wasn't going to be ready, and he would have been ready. So what, even if they played it on Sunday and didn't have to wait till Monday or Tuesday, he still would have been ready to play. Jerry, I, I want to talk defense for a minute, uh, particular how the Steelers played in the second half against Houston when they dropped seven men into coverage and they shot out the Texans in the final two quarters. It's good to know that's an option, isn't it? Well, yeah, Mark, and what they did it was a couple things. They, they kind of changed the way they rushed a little bit from the outside. But also, more importantly, if, if you notice, if you go back and watch, and I don't know, you know, look, I don't pay total attention to what the opponent is doing, but if you go back and look, they used a lot of that bunch formation in the first half, and they ran those crossing routes on the Steelers wide open, if you recall, and that's what was hurting them. Well, they changed what they did in the second half to try and disrupt that bunch formation, and part of it had to do with how they were using their outside guys to rush. And and that was probably the biggest adjustment they made that shut down uh, what the Titans were able to do in the second half. 51 total yards, two first downs, no points. Deshaun Watson, what do you have in the second half passing? I think 63 yards and then take away the sacks. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that, the fact that they adjusted like that and stopped a passing team, uh, you know, and, and a pretty good quarterback, yeah, I think that, I think that was a, a, a big a coup for them, Mark, and I think Going forward, um, you know, we've seen them be pretty good. They, you know, Denver ran against them early, and then they shut that down. So as long as the game goes on and they get better instead of worse, then I think they're in a pretty good spot, particularly if they're playing with the lead. And it's also uh, worth worth noting it's a lot uh, easier to drop seven men uh, when you have T.J. Watt, isn't it? He can make a passive scene scheme very aggressive. Yeah, no question about it. The one thing I'll point out, Mark, because they were using the seven DBs, that one of the big benefits of this defense so far, um, 
is Vince Williams. Uh, he has made a major difference in their run defense. You know, he has eight tackles for loss. That leads the league. T.J. Watt has five, and that's in second place in the league. Uh, he makes a big, big difference in that run defense because he knows where to be. He's smart. He knows the defense. He knows where everybody on that defense is supposed to be, and he anticipates well, and he's a good blitzer. So one of the things they have been doing and probably would have done this week with Derrick Henry is use Vince Williams as the fourth rush guy, not in a down situation, but, you know, rush their three guys and blitz. And he would have been probably the primary guy because of Derrick Henry. And, and he's made a big, big difference in their run defense. Of course, the problem is, and they know it, is that occasionally when he's in their teams, try to get those mismatches against them in coverage. And last week, um, uh, you know, two weeks ago, Jerry, he got in a mismatch with Jerry Judy uh, of the Broncos. And last week it was Brandon Cooks, two very fast guys who he has no business watching. But that when they get in, when they can create those mismatches and Vince is on the field, they're, they're going to try to exploit it. And the Steelers, you know, they're rolling the dice with that. They got their fingers crossed. And at least in these two instances, they got away with it. If I had to grade Ben for the season so far, Jerry, given what Ben's capable of, I would say C+. Plus. Uh, there's still another level, isn't there, and, and maybe even a couple. Yeah, Mark, I would even go higher than that because, you know, because of you, you're, you're talking about also you have to take into consideration, and I know you have where he has come from. These were his first three games, and he's seven touchdowns and one interception. Yeah, has he missed some throws? Does he look a little skittish from time to time early in the game? Yeah, but, uh, you know, Mark, leading the touchdown drives or scoring drives, at the end of the half, which he has done, which is basically his trademark, and coming out in the second half and leading another, uh, and and being able to uh, you know spread the ball around. No, I I, I would uh, go much higher on the grade for him, considering uh, how long it's been since he's played, and, and you know, and the men, some of the mental hurdles he's trying to overcome, you know, with with you know with his comeback to get a little more comfortable. I don't mean to make it sound like he's playing poorly. I mean, if you have, Doc, if you have Dr. Rudolph in there, he, they're one and two, maybe even oh and three. But what I really like is he's not forcing the ball. He's only been picked right. once, and that might be the most important thing. Plus, his game management has been impeccable, hasn't it? Absolutely. And, Mark, he was asked the other day, not about that specifically, but I, I can't remember the question. But what he had said was, he always it was talking about distributing the ball and are, are there people, maybe sometimes how do you balance that with guys who want the ball? And he talked about uh, having guys, uh, you know, who are willing to play unselfishly. And he said, and so you don't have to throw the ball into situations where you could be intercepted. And all that smacked of and what he was saying without even saying Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, who would, who would carp in a huddle that I'm open, throw me the ball. And then so Ben would try and force it several times, and that's where the interceptions came. He doesn't have to do that with no Antonio Brown. Now here's my one concern about Ben. Can he still throw the deep ball with any consistency and accuracy? Is that a fair question, Jared? Because he was 0 for 5 on passes 15 yards or more Sunday. Yeah, and yet we've, we've seen him hit the two big ones to uh, yep. Chase Claypool. We saw him hit another one. To uh, James Washington, um, uh, you know he, you know Drew Brees, I think shows more concern over that than Ben. But again, I think, and he's missed a couple. And he admits it. He's missed Eric Ebron once, and I think he missed Deontay Johnson another time. But the Ebron one sticks out in my head a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, I, I mean he can, and I think that's all part of 
figuring out where his velocity is, figuring out where the ball's coming out, you know, and I think he's still getting a little comfortable uh, with that. And um, I don't have any concerns that that's going to be an issue. I just think it's going to be a matter of time, and then he'll start connecting on those. But when you look at his completion percentage, his yards per attempt, and you look at the fact that seven touchdowns to one pick, it's been it's been pretty darn good, I think. Will the Steelers continue to stay committed to the running game, Jerry? And uh, what were the primary catalysts that the running game succeeded so much against Houston? Well, Mark, to me, I've never thought it was a commitment to the run as much as it was the execution of the run. And you look at those last two drives. It was a perfect example of what they would like to do. 144 yards total offense in those last two drives, and it was 73 pass to 71 run, or 73 run to 71 pass. It was the perfect balance uh, that you're striking. I think it certainly helped that David DeCastro was back. I also think it helped that the Texans aren't very good against the run. And the Steelers kept working at it. And again, you know what? They tried a couple different guys. I think putting Anthony McFarlane in there gave uh, gave them a, li- a little uh, jump. You know, an 11-yard run, a 20-yard run, 7-yard run on his first carry. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think that helped as well. But I think you have to take into account who they were playing, too, because they've been giving up a lot of yards in their first two games. I know it was Kansas City and Baltimore, but still, um, they showed teams showed the ability to be able to run on them. And I think at least the Steelers kept at it and, and did a good job of it. Well, we're going to see more and more of McFarland because I've heard whispers. You were going to see more of them this week. Now, I will tell you, Mark, I was surprised he got six carries. I didn't think there'd be any game, barring injuries, in which he would get six carries. Uh, but he did, and he caught a pass. So he had seven touches. Um, I think you'll see, well, you would have seen him probably get close to that again. But I think, yes, I don't think it's going to change against the Eagles. Because uh, you see the big playability in this guy, and until he shows otherwise, I think they're going to keep trying to work him in and get him some touches. Jerry, great stuff as always. Thank you for taking the time. Mark, always good chatting with you. That's Jerry Dulac. He's even great in a bye week, which came up very suddenly and haphazardly. we got Nate Davis. He covers the NFL for USA Today. He'll join us at 5.30. The Steelers and Titans have been postponed. It looks like they're going to play the Titans Week 8, then Baltimore Week, excuse me, Titans Week 7. Baltimore Week 8, then Dallas Week 9, all on the road. This is not the Steelers' bye week. When Tomlin was asked about playing 13 games in a row, he pointedly said, we don't care. It's the Mark Man Show, 105.9. Letter day on the Mark Man Show because for the first time since March, since the pandemic, we got free food in the office. Courtesy of our friends at the Church Brew Works. We got Oktoberfest going on the final weekend at the Church Brew Works on Liberty Avenue in Lawrenceville, so check it out. I have chicken schnitzel. I didn't even know what chicken schnitzel was, but it's really, really good. 412 333 WXDX is the number to call. Liverpool at nil nil in the 51st minute against Arsenal in the League Cup. Not as jammed up for this as I would be a a regular season game or a European Cup game. Well, let's be honest. If it was a European Cup game or a league game, this show would either be taped or I'd be off. So there you go. Uh, the, like I said, the Lakers blew up Miami last night in the first game of the NBA Finals. And now the talk is that the Lakers win, LeBron James is the GOAT. But come on, four out of six, 
four and six rather, four out of ten in the finals compared to six no by Jordan. As I said earlier, if you want to christen LeBron James the greatest basketball player ever, you need to find another reason. Now, why did they start game one of the NBA finals at 9 p.m. Eastern? Maybe because the Lakers are playing in that 6 p.m. L.A. time. I know much for the NBA, but it is intriguing that LeBron played those four years in Miami and won two championships there, and then went back to Cleveland, and now he's playing against Miami in the final, and Eric Spolstra is still the coach, and Pat Riley's still the GM, and LeBron and Riley did not part friends. Riley told LeBron he was making the biggest mistake of his career when he left Miami to go to Cleveland, and LeBron took offense, and of course he won in Cleveland, which is amazing. But what's Pat Riley supposed to say? Yeah, it's the right thing to do. Leave our team, where you won two times in four years, to go back to the place where you never won. You know, LeBron, one thing about LeBron, his attitude, he thinks he invented basketball. Pat Riley came a lot closer to doing that when LeBron James did. I love that Tyler Harrow from Miami. One year at Kentucky, first year in the NBA, 20 years old, looks the part, great player. He is lit, lit, witty. Uh, I ran into the great Bill Hillgrove the other day. I'm just sorry it wasn't at Conneaut Lake, where Billy has a residence, like I hope to soon, and he is the midnight mayor. Oh, Liverpool robbed. Robbed off a corner kick. God bless us, everyone. Uh, Bill had leg surgery. He's getting better. Back on the air, that's good. Bill Hillgrove is a class act, and it's good to hear him back on the mic for the Steelers and for Pitt. I occasionally listen to Pitt because Billy's doing it. I think we know how I feel about Pitt. Uh, Coast to Coast brought to you by CW Electrical Services and by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. They got your back, not your wallet. Wow, Liverpool could be hit 2-3 zip in this game. Big save by Arsenal's keeper. Uh, I watched a few outtakes from The Exorcist. It's the scariest horror movie of all time back from what was that early 70s uh these outtakes have been reinserted as part of a director's cut that happened four or five years ago but uh i just heard about it the other day and i guess these outtakes have been on youtube for years so i watched the outtakes on tuesday and i had nightmares that night the exorcist is by far the scariest movie ever the number one horror movie of all time And then Linda Blair, who was the little girl that got possessed, she grew up to be super, super hot. I remember she did a movie where she was the leader of a gang. And in the very first scene of the movie, she's lying naked in a bathtub. I'm like, boy, this doesn't waste any time. I think that movie won several Academy Awards. Now, I'm not a big fan of the horror movie genre, but The Exorcist felt so real, much more so than almost any other horror movie, which is... Why it's scary as frig. Oh, Arsenal with a chance. Ah, love the shot. Uh, here's some scary TV numbers for MLB from the first day of the wildcard games. Uh, that was uh, Tuesday. The second game of the day was the 3 p.m. game between the White Sox and the A's on ESPN. It averaged only 953,000 viewers, not even a million. Uh, Turner's one game of the day was the 5 p.m. game between the Blue Jays and Rays. It only averaged 803,000 viewers. Under a million 
for a baseball playoff game is just horrible. Maybe the time of day had something to do with it, but that's never a problem for March Madness. Here's an odd thought, but I think it's true. Maybe we're just so saturated with sports right now that people are tired of watching. For four months, we had no sports. Now, for a couple months, we've had, you could say, too much sports, and we're saturated. We're sick of it. Uh, tweet from the Penguins. Exciting changes are coming to PPG Paints Arena. The Penguins and Aramark announced a series of renovations to elevate and enhance in-venue dining. Investments are being made to create a safe, contactless experience in a post-COVID environment. Unquote. That's interesting news, and you can check it out at the Penguins website, all the details. But I hope it means that they expect fans in the building ASAP, but there's no way of knowing that. We can only hope. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Naturally, the food came at a time when we have a uh, eight-minute segment and then 30 seconds and then a 50-minute segment. So the food will be cold. But thanks anyway to the Church Brew Works. Uh, then again, if I worked for the B team, heck, I could, I could cook a six-course meal, eat it, and then have dessert at the time their commercial break steak. So uh, my misfortune is your gain. Liverpool missing another pretty decent chance. Hopefully they're turning the screw. It's so hard to tell in League Cup games, though, with, with a lot of backups playing. Although, one thing, our, our depth, we got some decent depth. 412-333-WXDX just around the corner. I'm going to talk about the most hated team in all of sports. It's the Mark Madden Show at 105.90X.